This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Ottawa, let's spend some time in the box on TSN 1200, recapping yesterday and giving you a head start on today. Miller picking up speed from his own line. Finds his way to center, right wing into the Anaheim zone. Miller near circle, shoots, he scores! JT Miller calls game! And the Canucks win it just 20 seconds into overtime. They beat the Ducks 3-2 tonight in Vancouver. From the base off, a pass over to Kubalik with a shot, he scores! Meeting Stalock and the Red Wings take a 4-3 lead with 4.07 remaining. In regulation. In the box. helps it out the center. Two on one for the wild. Hits Hartman right side, charging in. Took a shot. He scores! Oh, Ryan Hartman beats Hellebuck five hole, and he gets it right back for the visiting wild. It's three to one. TSN 1200. We returned too many pucks over. We gave up probably 10 two on ones. Uh, yeah, five two on uh, three on twos, and just wasn't good enough. It wasn't the way we wanted to play. We we kind of pinched. We didn't have. F3 when we had to, and um, yeah, we, we just got to turn the page and uh, had a really good day off yesterday and um, turn the page and get back to it tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this team scores and scores in bunches, odd man rushes, they can get up the ice, um, they have big D, active D, um, you know, so we talked about that a little bit, but more or less just do what we do. Now with Kenny Walls, here's Steve Lloyd. All right. Yes, indeed. It's yours truly, Steve Lloyd, and Kenny Walls co-hosting and producing here on the show today on a Senators game day. But you still got to wait a little bit longer than usual. The team is uh, in Seattle. We'll be playing at Climate Pledge Arena tonight against the Kraken, who are sitting third in the Pacific Division, but only two points back of L.A. and Vegas. And that's also only two points back of being the top team in the West. So it'll be a tough test for the Sens tonight to rebound from their Awful performance in Chicago the other night where the five-game winning streak came to a crashing halt. The Kraken have won five straight heading into this one tonight. So um, it will be an 8 o'clock Eastern pregame show with Graham Creech and Jamie Baker taking you through it. And the uh, drop of the puck at 10 tonight. Won't you join us on TSN 1200 and see if the Sens can uh, get back on the horse after it's been two days of us talking about flush it, use whatever term you want, move on. U-G-L-Y, and now we have uh, a little more information. This news came down after we were done the show yesterday, Kenny. Good morning, Kenny. Um, Yes, indeed. Cam Talbot is out again, and he's not coming back anytime soon. They're calling it a three-week injury. Well, honestly, we'll see with these these soft tissue-type injuries. Darren Treger is reporting it's an oblique strain this time. So let's review Cam Talbot played four games after missing four weeks with a groin injury, went three and one. Um, He missed the first month of the season with a rib injury, and now let's call it he could miss another month here. So really, Cam Talbot could be missing three months of the season. Close to it, if not at it. So what's that mean? That means it's uh, Matt Sogard and Kevin Mandelazy in goal. Um... Uh, both have played well in their brief time in the NHL. And um, experience not on their side. <laughs> Let's put it that way. 
But uh, heading into uh, well play tonight is Matt Sogard. We'll get the start. Sogard and Mandelazy have a collective 10 NHL starts between them. And this goes back to Sogard getting a couple of starts last season. So Sogard tonight, uh, they got a back-to-back in the weekend, so you would think maybe Mandelazy gets one of those games, but they're going with youth because they absolutely have to. And listen, I don't want to pile on the injury situation. So Belleville won in Laval last night. Ridley Gregg and Lassie Thompson had big nights. Uh, Dylan Ferguson who was recently signed, like the Sens did add a goalie, okay? They did. They didn't add an NHL goalie, but they added the goalie that, you know, they, they could call up if they really needed one, and that was Dylan Ferguson because Belleville made a soft trade with the Marlies, and then shortly thereafter, the Senators did sign Dylan Ferguson for the rest of the season on a prorated two-way contract. Well, he left the game in the second period last night in Laval, Kenny. As uh, Luke Richardson, and no, not that one, he's on a PTO, came in and uh, mopped up as um, – Belleville got a win. So the Senators lost another goalie last night. He's day-to-day, according to Ben Sexton, who uh, met the media after the game last night in Laval. There you go. There's your cheery goalie talk off the top of the show. But it's Matt Sogard's show. We'll see what he can do tonight. He'll be uh, getting the start in Seattle against the Kraken. And we're looking at maybe multiple other lineup changes as uh, DJ Smith could be uh, shaking things up. You know how to reach us at 12-1200. Standard text message rate supply. Um, we're going to talk to 67's general manager, James Boyd, coming up at 1140 this morning. Just kind of get a, the, a bit of the State of the Union address for the 67's. We have Dave Cameron on the show every week. James Boyd's always great to talk hockey with, and we're going to do that coming up at around 20 to 12 today. Unfortunately, uh, we'll not have the services of Tyler Boucher, um, but it uh, looks like should be getting Logan Morrison back, and we'll, we'll see what the injury situation is going to look like for the 67s as they're really getting down to the short strokes and just trying to get ready uh, for the playoffs. So we're going to do that just before noon. This being Thursday, Dean Brown will join us at around 1 as our sends at NHL Insider. We've got 67s tickets up for grabs, a four-pack to the Generals game coming up. We've also got a four-pack to the Flyers game coming up with the sends and Flyers on March the 30th to get to. And two more code words. Every day this week, somebody is winning a Thomas Shabbat Adidas Pro jersey, so code words will happen in the 11 hour and also in the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, Players' Championship is underway, and uh, there is a Canadian uh, off to a very fast start. And I might have sent a text to our friend Fritchie yesterday, Kenny, as I uh, you know, brought his name up uh, in particular about the length of Taylor Pendrith. Well, he got on in two in uh, two of the par fives on his front nine as he started uh, on the back nine. And uh, he went minus uh, three on those two holes. And uh, right now, uh, Taylor Pendrith is a four under par, and he is uh, currently uh, tied for third. Early stages as he is um, uh, through his first ten holes of the day. So we'll continue to track that as the golf's fifth major is underway at TPC Sawgrass just outside of Jacksonville. Good morning, Kenny Walls. What's going on today? Well, good morning, Lloydie. That's, uh, that's a lot to chew on. Yeah, I just thought I'd get it all out there. Let's ram. uh, This is what we're giving away. This is who's on the show. This we want to hear from you. Well, we're tracking something live, and that's that's TPC. We're good to go. We're a long way from puck drop. We'll we'll get into that though throughout the show. Yeah, great to see a a hole in one on seventeen already at the Players Championship. Getting off to a good start. Second group of the day when player dunks it. That's fantastic. Uh, Game day. Yeah, always looking forward to a game day. I'm sure there'll be a few thoughts coming in. Uh, Matt, the expert, has already chimed in on the lineups. As you mentioned, uh, could see a few changes. 
to the Suns lineup. Uh, but I think a lot of the the oxygen today will be taken up by the goaltending. And, yeah. And the outlook for the next three weeks and the rest of the season. Uh, it's it's fascinating to see what has happened with goaltenders as of late in the Sens organization and around the league. I think I saw a tweet that the Vegas Golden Knights have four goaltenders injured at this point <laughs> as well. Yeah. Aiden Hill just got hurt again. Yeah. So, like, there's something going on. We talked about shoulders yesterday with Graham. Uh, there's something going on with goaltenders. They're playing less games than they used to, and it seems like the injuries are going way up as well. Uh, It's fascinating to see. Uh, Unfortunate for the Sens and Cam Talbot to see him go down once again. And I think Sens fans are rightly frustrated by seeing a goaltender for how many years in a row go down due to injury. Uh, Matt Murray to, to begin with, and now... That carrying on with with Cam Talbot, the frustration just grows, and thankfully they've got a couple solid prospects that you can look forward to. But again, how much uh, how much can you rely upon them as you try and chase down a playoff spot? Well, unfortunately, here's the deal: we we know the injuries up top. Talbot and Forsberg are both out. Forsberg's out for the season. Talbot's out three weeks at least, right, with the oblique. So no veteran help on the horizon there. This this is going to be if this if if the Senators make the playoffs, it's going to be because of Matt Sogard and or Kevin Mendelizzi. That's it. Like we know that now. <laughs> so and with Dylan Ferguson getting hurt last night in the second period, Antoine Bebo is the other signed goalie on this side of the pond. He's injured right now. Now I think he's close. I was uh, you know listening a bit last night and. Uh, you know, checking in with David Foote in Belleville. Um, he's close. And, and Ferguson, it might not be a big deal. He's day-to-day, and they're supposed to practice tomorrow in Utica as their trip continues for Belleville. But as it stands here this morning, on a Senators game day, it right now the Ottawa Senators have two healthy goalies that are available to them, and they both are on the NHL club. Because Levi Marilainen is not coming over. <laughs> he's having a great year in Finland. That's the other signed guy. That's it. Bebo's injured. Ferguson got hit injured last night. Talbot's out three weeks. Forsberg's out for the season. Your goalies are Matt Sogard and Kevin Mandelazy. So uh, your, your your margins now are well, a little thin right now, Kenny. So Razor I'm not thin. saying the kid. Yeah, I'm not saying the kids can't get it done, but they're they're at the point right now. Senators cannot afford another injury. They're right there on the cusp. And they're dealing with two goaltenders who have had injury history this year. As unfortunate as and, and the way that you look at it, they've both missed time due to injury this season, the two guys that you're relying upon. It's it's going to be tough, uh, no doubt about it. If No matter who was in net, even if Talbot was healthy or Forsberg was healthy, the, the situation that the Sens have put themselves in throughout their play, uh, throughout the season, is a tough one. To go into it with a lack of experience in goal makes it even that, uh, that much more Difficult, but uh, it may be one of those situations where they don't know any better. They just go out there and play. They're both talented. They have both proved it in the past at various levels. And I I love the way that Sogard has played at the NHL level so far. It's a small sample size, but the way that he plays, he can kind of take control of this and and potentially lead the sense. I'm not Mm -hmm. discounting the fact that that could happen. It's just a difficult scenario right now. Like that—that's a 
That's an interesting way to look at it, right? Well, I guess we should get to the web poll question of the day, really, because this is what this is about. Are you confident a combo of Sogard and Mandelazy can keep the Sens in the playoff race, yes or no? It's close. Yes at 53.8% so far. No at 46.2%. I voted yes, and 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 I voted yes because, listen, it like I, I just rhymed it off there. Mandelazy and Sogard in their careers have 10 starts. Two of them for Sogard came last season when he got in a couple games late, right? Very inexperienced. But when you look at the injury situation with their their two veteran goalies in Talbot and Forsberg, and neither of them were having great seasons, right? Both of them having good stretches and good moments. It's like the team is, is where it is, not because of great goaltending. The Senators are in a playoff race, and they're in the thick of it still. I know it's disappointing off the Chicago game, but they're right there. Like, this this team believes, and they should believe. It's not like the group is thinking, oh, boy, the, the goalies have bailed us out all season. It hasn't. That hasn't been the case. You've had injury problems all season. You've had some indifferent play all season. You've had great games where goalies were awesome and reason why you win hockey games, 100%. But this isn't a team that is has been dependent upon consistent, healthy goaltending to be in a playoff race at this stage of the year. They've kind of overcome a bit of that, to be honest with you. So for that reason, I'm like, yeah, I'm confident. Like, why can't Sogard and Mandelazy get it done? Like, the sample size of the entire season has led us to this point, and they're here, you could say, in spite of goaltending. You could make that argument with the amount of injuries to Forsberg and to Talbot, and it's not like they've been great when they've been healthy the entire time either. That's why I voted yes, Kenny. Yeah, I voted yes as well, and I, I believe in the kids, and I the pedigree is there. And I, I as I said, I'm a big fan of Mad Sogard. Yes, the size is there, but he reads the play well, and typically when you get a goalie that size... That's where they're lacking is in reading the play because they typically just let the puck hit them. And that doesn't seem to be the case early on here in my viewings of Mad Sogard. I like the way that he reads the play and he's able to adjust. And and we saw that on a number of odd man breaks in the game against Chicago where he's reading the play and makes some good saves despite allowing five. I I think it's, it's agreed upon that he played fairly well in that game. Uh, that's where my belief comes from. And heading into the season, Pierre Dorian said, what will it take for this team to be as successful as they can be? And I believe his response was a 917 team save percentage. They haven't gotten there. They have not gotten to that point. And, and I don't know what it's at, but the last time I checked, it was it was well below that. And when Talbot has a 905 and he was relied upon to be one of the two main starters, that doesn't uh, bode well for that nine seventeen, and I I think it's a harsh assessment to say that the sense of one in spite of their goaltending, I don't think that it's let them down per se. I just don't think that it's won them as many games as maybe some others have around the league. So yeah. I think it's it's been in in spite of I think is harsh, but they're not winning the games typically for the Ottawa Senators. It's just all right, you've got. Right now, an average NHL goaltender in net on most nights who 
should be able to stop the stoppables and, and will give you an opportunity to win. And I think that right now with Sogard and Mandelise, there's that same opportunity as what you saw throughout the rest of the season. Uh, this thought came in at 12-1200, and uh, I can give you an example as to, not with a goalie, but in Sen's somewhat recent history, we've seen this. Can the Sen still trade for a goalie if needed? Say Nadelkovic to help with a regular season, but they couldn't play in the playoffs. Yes. You remember when they shut Kyle Turris down with a high ankle sprain after the trade deadline that season, and they just they thought that they wanted to still give the group an opportunity to make a push, so they thought, let's bring in a veteran center. They brought in Scott Gomez. That's when Scott Gomez became a Sen. Remember having him on the show in our studio at the rink. It was a great interview. He was very open and gregarious about being in Mexico, and he had to cancel his tickets to go see the Stones. <laughs> oh, Ottawa. Okay, yeah, I'll go play for Ottawa. Sure. So Scott Gomez came in after the deadline, and that whole thing is he would not have been eligible. Like, we, we've seen this. Um, this is fairly common, actually, over the years in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Where the trades, and you got to be on the roster by September 1st, right? to be eligible to play in the postseason. And I remember with the Blue Jays years ago, remember Dave Parker was a Jay? They brought in the whale at the very end of his career after September 1st because I forget which injury happened. It was a DH slugger, something like that. So they brought in Dave Parker. And they ended up, I don't think they made it that year, actually. But they bring in Parker, and he came in for September, and the whole point was, get us there but you're not eligible to play and so that that happens a little bit more in mlb but yeah (laughs) the sense are on the verge of maybe having to do something like that unfortunately depending on you know hopefully ferguson's okay like think about that we're talking about dylan ferguson as oh i hope he's okay and this is no disrespect (laughs) to dylan ferguson because he 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 was a marley just on an AHL contract a month ago. How many people even knew that listening right now? And now you're at the point, boy, I hope he's not hurt. <laughs> because they got too many injured goalies right now, and he's somebody that could actually, you know, legally get into the net because he is a signed player. That's where we're at right now, unfortunately, with, with the injury situation with the goalies. And so. just to uh, finish up on my, my point about uh, goaltending save percentage, the Sens right now at 5-on-5 five five are at a 9 7 as a team save percentage. And when when the, the general manager says for it to be a, an extremely successful year, you need to be up around a 917, that falls well short. And and that's where they that 10 percentage points. That could be why they're they're we're in the standings position where they are right now. But I think it's uh there's a good opportunity for Mad Sogard, and as one texter said in, no matter how this season plays out. Uh, they're excited by Sogard, his maturity and size, uh, and what he's seen so far. And I completely agree with that, as well as the the play reading ability. I um I don't have the answer to it. Just this is on the fly. You bring this up. I think the average team save percentage has come down, though, has it not? It has, yes. Right. So I, I wonder what what what's the league average right now? Somebody will have that and text it in. Do our uh, work for us here. Yeah, so, I, I don't have it. The- like the yeah. the fifteenth ranked team is the Arizona Coyotes at five on five. I have five on five numbers, uh, okay. so the Flyers are sixteenth. Uh, They're nine nine sixteen. Okay, five right. on five save percentage. 
And so there's a number of the teams. Is. Yeah. yeah, right around there. The Bruins are leading the way at 939 at 5 on 5, and that's just an incredible number and, and one of the reasons why they're as good as they are. Uh, the San Jose Sharks at the, are at the low end of things at 89.4. So 894, 5 on 5. Thoughts have come in on the goaltending. I thought they would. Keep voting on our web poll question of the day. Do you think that uh, Sogard and Mandelazi can get it done? Is it yes or no? The yeses have it, but it's close. Oh, Jer will be very proud of himself for this one. It's it's a close poll. What do you expect acquiring a 35-year-old goaltender? The young lads can handle it. I have no idea why you guys. You guys, Kenny. We, or the Sens, thinks this is a quality goaltender. He's just been okay this season, not great. Are you listening? <laughs> uh, I, I've been, I was critical of the trade at the time. I was, I was a big Gustafson fan. Why I, did you call Cam Talbot a great goalie? I, I, yeah. If I had a nickel for every time <laughs> we said that on this show, especially Kenny Walls, I wouldn't be on this show. I'd be retired. I think you'd be living on the street. Uh <laughs> It's, I I wasn't a fan of the the trade just based on the fact that I really was a fan of Philip Gustafson and everything that I've heard about him and what I saw, but bringing in a veteran Cam Talbot who has had some success was an All Star last year I don't think is a bad gamble, and I like the fact that they tried to bring somebody else in stabilize the goaltending as much as they could it hasn't worked out the way that I'm sure they would have liked with him missing potentially three months of the season. And the save percentage being at 9.05. But I think it was worth the gamble. And it, it sucks that you lost Philip Gustafson and now he's thriving in a in a more uh, insulated Minnesota Wild system. But I, I, it's still, yeah, it's a better team. And it's they, they play much different hockey than, than the Ottawa Senators do. And, and it's, it's working for Gus at this point in time, just as it worked for Cam Talbot last year. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was a bad play. Even though I'm not the biggest Cam Talbot fan, I think it was worth it. And uh, I think it, it is what Cam Talbot is at this point in time. I think he can be slightly better than what we've seen. But on a, a very good team like Minnesota, he can be a great goaltender on an average team or a slightly above average team. I think he's an average goalie. And I think you see that around the league. And when a goaltender goes to a better team, guess what? His numbers go get better. It's it's the way of the world in the NHL. And a, a goaltender can help make a team, but the team can really help make the goaltender. Yeah, just, just to piggyback your point, I, I was a fan of the idea of that trade, the reasoning of that trade. It made sense to me because I, you know that now the the idea and the reasoning at, at in the moment at the time can be different, obviously, to how it plays out. We know that, but the idea of you, you can't you can't Monday morning quarterback these things like like that. That's not entirely fair. Now you can criticize after it's like, oh man, they made a bad call there. Gus was the real deal. I know that they love Sogard and they're high on Marilinen, so that was part of the reason why. Okay, and and, and let's be honest, Gustafson he he he'd been dipping. He had been going great guns, but he was playing on a poor team. We can get all that, but in the moment, it's like trade Gus, bring in a guy who's who, who's a veteran goaltender who's had a good NHL career. Nobody's calling him a star or great. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> made sense. It did. The idea of that made sense at the time. Has it worked out this season? <laughs> no. 
the guy that you're bringing in to be the veteran stabilizer is going to miss three months of your season. Like this is Matt Murray 2.0, where you're counting on a veteran guy to just, just be available to play. And I always have to throw this in there as well because I, I don't want to pile on guys that get hurt. You get hurt, you get hurt. You're injured, you're injured. What are you going to do? And the same the same thing for Matt Murray. It's like, but at a certain point in time, you move on from that because you lose comp. The group loses confidence in the availability and the stability that knowing a guy is going to play for you. Goaltending is just too important. That's why Matt Murray's a Leaf now. That's why they went out of their way to try to move him along, and that's why Cam Talbot expiring contract. Barring him getting healthy, gets in there, plays well, and they make the playoffs and make a run, is Cam Talbot going to be back? Probably not, to quote Alfie. When you bring a guy in through a trade and he misses three months of your season. Anyways, Matt Sogard tonight. Matt Sogard on the weekend. Probably Kevin Mandelazzi, one of those games on the weekend. It's going to be those two guys for the foreseeable future. And if the Sens make the playoffs, it's because of the kids in goal. They're going to have to get it done. And and one last uh, point on this. Uh, according to Hockey Reference, this year's save percentage average uh, at all levels or all situations, 905. 9.07 okay. last year, and at its peak back in the 14-15, 15-16 season, it was hovering around a 9.15. So, yes, it has dropped dramatically. There you go. Thank you, Kenny. See, I knew Kenny could find it. We're back in a moment on In the Box on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Should have played this yesterday, Kenny, on International Women's Day. Well, sometimes you just got to spice up your life, Lloydie. All right. Well, everybody's, uh, the spice for Sens fans is talking about the goaltending. Texts are just lit up with that. What poll question of the day? Hit our website, tsn1200.ca. Basically, do you think Sogard Amanda Lacey can get the job done? Yes or no? Most of you, but it's not a wide margin saying yes so far. Keep them coming on our website. Keep your thoughts coming in through text. Morning, fellas. Ottawa's curse with not having healthy goalies. The hockey gods must have an array of goalie voodoo dolls and keep sticking needles in them. Comes from our pal Spencer. The Sens new owners are going to have a long look at what resources are used in preparing the goalies for the season. Comes in from unsigned. Jeff the Tire Guy is blaming Matt Murray, even though he's not here. Morning, gents. I'm thinking Matt Murray has given the Sens the injury curse. Just a thought. Cast a spell, did he, Jeff? Maybe. Maybe he took a voodoo doll down to Toronto and just had the Sens jersey on it. Who knows? Affects everybody but in, in Sens you, colors. You, yeah, but... That voodoo doll used it on himself again this season with the least. Yeah, maybe. Uh, he missed. Is there a correlation between goaltenders not playing nearly as much and the injuries that seem to occur and more and more injuries occurring to goaltenders? Well, you get into a flow. Thought. You yeah, get into a you flow. Get into a rhythm. You... Your body gets used to a certain routine, right? And and Cam Talbot, being 35 years old, has is, is taken a number of morning skates off. Has he not? Not being on the ice nearly as much. 
and I get that that they're going to do their their stretching routines. They're they're very diligent at trying to prevent these injuries, but by trying to do that and not being in the motion of being on the ice and doing exactly what you need to do on a regular basis, I'm curious if that has any sort of of correlation to it. I remember late in his career, before he joined, he was still the devil, he wasn't with the Blues yet, Marty Brodeur made made a crack, basically, he what was a year, he ended up, uh, he tore it, or popped or tore a tendon in his bicep, and he missed some time, and he made the joke, he says, I only recently, this past off season, started to train, like really train, right? Because he, he was never in like tip top shape, and he always he always made that point. He was he was in good shape, but he he was never like a a gym guy. Let's put it that way. He says, "So I go my whole career, I stay pretty healthy. I, I decide to maybe up my training, and now I get hurt." <laughs> well, we we see the same thing all the time. Guys who are overtrained are injured more often, and there's just not as much uh, cushion. For some of the the injuries, and Phil Kessel, prime example of that, where he's able to be Iron Man. He's got the a lot, Iron Man. <laughs> he's got a lot of cushion there, and and it's it's treated him well. He's still able to to do everything he needs to do, but because he's not shredded, there's a little bit of leniency in there in in his body to allow for maybe a little bit more. And I'm not saying that these guys are out of shape. Phil Kessel's not out of shape, but compared to some other NHL players, yeah. You could consider him out of shape, but it, it's treated him okay. Uh, and and there's been countless players who have been absolutely absolutely shredded, who have been hit by the injury bug because there isn't that balance. There isn't that little bit of of cushion to allow for a hit or a, a minor little tweak. You're so in tuned with your body that maybe you feel it a little bit more as well. And this is where the last, well, it's been going on for more than a number of years. But players now, a lot of players incorporate, it, it's not just about, you know, training and strengthening the core and all that. Like a lot of, it's yoga, right? Mm-hmm. It's things like that. To stay as flexible uh, as possible is, is, is a huge part of staying healthy because it's an 82-game season and it's a, it is an absolute grind. I don't care if you're a goalie or a skater. Um, it, it It's tough to stay healthy. It is. Or, or stay healthy enough to be on the ice. Because most guys in the league right now, this stage of the season, how many guys feel great? How many how many guys feel like they did the day they showed up for training camp? I'd say zero. <laughs> Probably zero at this stage. I, I'm gonna, I, I would say more than zero. I think there would be a couple that say, yes, I feel fantastic. I don't think they've played every game. But I think that there would yes, be a couple yeah. that would say, yeah, you know what? To say it's none, not fair, but I, I understand your point that there's there won't be many that, that feel actually good or feel as good as they did at one point in the season. Chris and Canada writes, I'm confident in them now because the decor has been strengthened and improved significantly. I just wish the defensive coaching and structure was a bit better. Again, Chris in Canada. Do you think goalie injuries are related to the size of the goalies now? Is another question that came in. Can Levi Marilainen get some time in Belleville when the season's over? Yeah, Levi Marilainen, whatever he's done in Finland, he's a signed player. He can come over and, and join the organization. Um, What else we got? 
Well, in reference to the the size of the goaltenders, it could be. It it really could be, but I think goaltenders have been big enough for long enough that I don't think that that would be the only reason. It could be a contributing factor, but I don't think it would be the only reason. Isn't UC Saros the only starting goalie in the league that's under six feet? I think he's the only starter that's under six feet. I think so. I believe so. Nedeljkovic, I think, I think they listed him at six, but no. <laughs> and now he's in the minors and not a starter, obviously. Um, Yaro Halak is listed at like 5'11", but he's not a starter. He's coming back because I, I look this up uh, a couple times a year. I, I know it's if you go to NHL.com and you, you punch in height on goalies and put on the filter, it's, it's less than 10 period, whether you're a starter or just played a game in the league this season. It might, it might be less than six that are under six foot. If the Nets were anchored down permanently like they used to be, injuries to goalies would decline. No more running the goalies or aggressive plays around the net. Jack and the Glebe. Yeah, that that's always come up. What does every coach in the league? Uh, Got to take the goalies' eyes away. Goalies are too good. They see it. They'll stop it. DJ says it. Got to get on the goalie. Talks about his D. Got to get guys to get a, get him off our goalie. That okay? That Jack. If there was a little more fear of going of being in the paint, and that that could speak to anchored nets, that can speak to how the rules have changed, where big defensemen just can't work you over the way they used to. It, it's not as physically. It's still tough to stand in front of the net. It still is tough. I'm not going to say it's not. But the the violence <laughs> that was allowed in front of the net by big defensemen, it, it's not at the level that it used to be. So I I, I can see that a little bit. Yeah, it's not but a pleasant. Yeah, it's not. You're a not pl- going to you're, you're not going to anchor nets though. Can't, no. you can't you can't no. you can't. I don't want to see the Mark Howe injury again. And and you kids out there, don't look that up. So, no, that would be awful. No, that no. I I. <laughs> The violence out in front of the net, no, it's not what it was. It's still not a pleasant place to be, but you're not eating 15 to 20 cross-checks every time you try and enter in close to the blue paint uh, to try and either screen the goaltender or just even passing through. You're not eating lumber like you used to be, but it's still not a very fun place to be. You have to still have to pay the price, but it, it, that could be a contributing factor because that would coincide with the rule changing and the, the injuries starting to mount up and at the same time, goaltenders playing less. I think it all goes hand in hand. All right, I want to rip through a bunch here, and then we'll move on because we we have we have other topics for you. But Do this we? has become a big one off here off the top of the show. So if you want to respond, I'll I'll, I'll get to your responses. No matter how the season turns out, I'm excited by Sogard. His maturity and size is what I've seen. Yep, I, th- I think that's fair. No matter how this plays out, sense fans, I think you should be excited about Matt Sogard. He's got real potential to be a true number one. We'll, we'll see if, if it actually happens, but certainly the potential is there. Big Wrench Rob writes, is Keenan Thompson available to play Nets? It's pretty much where we're at. It's going Mighty Ducks on us, okay? Um, what better way to mature as a man, as a goalie, than to be put in this situation? I don't want a goalie that doesn't get excited by this opportunity. It comes from Prince. Of course you got the positive spin, Prince. I like it. <laughs> I think... I, I, the thing I like best about Sogard is the first time since Craig Anderson, we have a goalie that can consistently catch the puck. Doesn't <laughs> have a frying Steve. pan on his hand, yeah. <laughs> he he does. He's got a great glove, Sogard, and he makes it look easy. 
Yes, I, I'm a big fan of goalies who can actually catch the puck, and, and thankfully both 67's goalies right now can. Uh, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but uh, when Liam Herbst was here with the Ottawa 67's first-round draft pick to the London Knights, had double hip surgery at 16 years old, missed the entire year, he had some issues, but he couldn't catch the puck. And I believe, I think this is fact, that... When he played baseball, he threw with his right hand and caught with his left and did the opposite in hockey. Because of the way that he held the stick, he felt it was more comfortable to go the other way. And I think that's part of the reason why he couldn't catch. I'm not saying that's all around hockey, but it was a weird situation where naturally he caught with his left hand, but when playing goal, he caught with his right. And therefore, just it, it never naturally came to him to be able to catch. And there's too many right now at all levels of hockey that just use that, that the trapper as a second blocker. And I, I hate it. As a guy who is a goaltender used to reach across his body in a different way and a bad technical uh, problem, I would reach across my body to catch pucks. It, it frustrates me when goalies can't catch pucks that are just sifted on, in on net. And, and what's um, the stereotype is, right, European goalies have more difficulty catching a puck because chances they didn't grow up playing baseball at all in in, in their youth. Uh, Matt Sogard's from Denmark. He catches the puck really well and, and, as I said, makes it look really easy. And it's so important. I would I would say it's even more important for this reason than it's ever been, where just the, the way the game is played, right? Hang on the pucks in the offensive zone, right? Especially the second period, long change. Like, the goal is, if you could just wear down the defense, even if you're just keeping it to the outside for a while, eventually everybody gets tired, and then you get your opportunity. And when you sift a puck on goal, if it gets towards the goal, to have a goalie that can just grab it is athletic enough, even if it's not even on goal, Kenny. But go out and grab a puck and freeze it. That's that's huge. Yes, you you don't want you don't want goalies that hey great you're making the save for us when we're tired that's what but how about hang on to one here and get a whistle? It's a little thing like that. Sogard's great at that. He really is, good. and and that's where smarts comes in as a goaltender as well. Realizing that your team is tired or needs a change or just a fresh start within that shift knowing when when to cover it up and maybe when to keep it going when your team's going well and a dump in comes on you, but there's one four checker, maybe you can get it by him. That's all goes into goalie IQ and hockey IQ and a goaltender that, in my opinion, gets vastly overlooked when analyzing goaltenders. Reading the play and knowing where the puck is going to go, and I think that's why some goaltenders excel at the NHL level as opposed to lower levels is because they can read the play on the same level as the NHL players, and that's where they thrive. And then just understanding the point in the game that you are, and, and it, it all goes into it. And when I look at scouting reports on goaltenders, it never gets mentioned, Lloydie, at any level, whether it's coming out of minor hockey, whether it's coming out of the OHL, when it's whether it's NHL goaltenders. Hockey IQ is such a big thing, and number one, along with skating, for skaters, but when it comes to goaltenders, it never gets mentioned. And how smart a goaltender is, how well they read the play, 
if they're the feel of the game feel of the game it never gets mentioned and that's part of the reason why people think that goalie scouting is voodoo is because they just don't know and they don't understand that you actually have to be smart to be a goaltender as well if you're just big and stand in the way you're going to get beat not maybe not more often than not but you're going to get beat more than the other guy who knows where to go and understands the angles yes but understands everything beyond that and can analyze the game from the net. And it's it's an undervalued scouting resource that just does not get used. Dr. Bob is going to the game tonight. How many has he been to this year? Do you know? He'll let us know. He's listening. Dr. Bob will let us know as you ask the question. I think he's going to 60. Jeez. I think it's the I think I think the goal was sixty. Correct me if I'm wrong, Doctor Bob. And he's all over the place too. I know that he's texting in a lot and, and keeping everybody up to date. I think you met him and so did Graham uh, yeah, at, I, at home. Uh, yep. That that sixty games traveling all around the league that would be quite the experience. So totally confident in Sogard. A big man moves well. Great glove hand. Save percentage this year nine oh two though. Chicago messed him up. Dr. Bob, 300K outside Seattle, where the Sens win tonight. Ooh. So he's skeptical of uh, Sogard, and he's going to be at the game tonight, but then he says the Sens win tonight. So is, I think Sogard's got to play well. Is he skeptical, though? I think that he, he's saying that that Chicago game with allowing 5 on 21 kind of skews that save percentage. Mm. And it, it, okay. it brings in a larger sample size, but when you have a game where you play well and the team just doesn't allow many shots, but they're great A's, on a regular basis, it can skew the, the save percentage. Um, if memory serves well, the recent stretch in Mads and Mando. Oh, we're going, hey, there we go. We need a handle for the combo. They're good buddies as well. Mads and Mando was successful, and the team moved up in the standings. If memory serves well, Talbot hasn't played consistently ever this season, so it's actually an improvement to have the young lads in net. Comes from Matt, and that's another way to look at it. I was discussing that a bit earlier in that it, it, it's not like – like, I think if you go truth serum, right, with the organization, injuries and in play, but injuries, they didn't. They have not got out of Forsberg and Talbot what they thought they were going to get, what they were hoping to get as a tandem. Like, not close. Two injured, and oftentimes, not all the time, but weren't getting the play that you were expecting either throughout the course of the season. And yet, they're still in a, in a playoff hunt here. So to Matt's point, it's like, that's why I voted yes in the web poll. Can the kids get it done? Why not? It's like, I, I, I honestly, I think they're in this race in spite of their goaltending situation, not because of it. So why not? Why can't Sogard and Mandelazy get this done? 19 games left in the year. Five back of the Penguins, six back of the Islanders, a three in hand. And by the way, busy night in the NHL. Pittsburgh plays the Islanders tonight. So, regulation, that's all you're hoping for, Sense fans. Have that one in in regulation, and that and that's a win right there. Okay, and take a break. As oh, we sorry, go to Kenny. break, I know you've been reading a lot of texts, and good on you, Lloydie. Yes. Um, Green Dino has texted in and says, whoa, 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 did you just say that you have to be smart to be a goalie? And, yeah, it's kind of an oxymoron, Dean, Green Dino, uh, because, <laughs> yeah, you have to be real stupid to step in front of vulcanized rubber, rubber pucks coming at you at 100 miles per hour. But you also have to be smart in order to, to read where those pucks are going. But there is a bit of you that has to be on the wild side or on the stupid side to be able to do that. True. Hi, Seti. 
Have you talked to your good buddy Seti in a while? Uh, Seti Seti's eccentric, very very smart young man, but uh, he's Seti. Yes, and Colin McKenzie, we've had him on the show. He's Cedric Junior. Very similar personality wise, <laughs> and on the ice, career paths are fairly similar as well. And I'm excited to see what he can do. But uh, yeah, Cedric Andre playing in the Netherlands in the German third tier. And performing very well. The starting goaltender over there just recently signed a three-year contract extension, in fact, to stay over in uh, the Netherlands. So good on him to be able to continue to play some professional hockey. You know what? I I feel like having a crazy interview again, so let's get him on. You never know where it's going to go when we get Cedric Andre on the show. Okay? Let's reach out. I'm in. Let's let's get him on. Uh, Dr. Bob with an update as we go to break. Tonight is 46 of 60 games. We'll be at all the rest of the season, including playoffs, which are coming. And, yes, I love Sogar, Dr. Bob. There you go. 46 of 60 tonight for Dr. Bob. He'll be at the game. We'll have the game, 8 o'clock pregame show with Creature and Biggs. Dean and Gord with a call at 10. It's the Sens and Kraken tonight on TSN 1200.